This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I am your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful that you're here today. This is a podcast for parents or anybody helping raise kids, and my hope is that you will leave each conversation armed with a little bit of knowledge that can help you in your day-to-day life raising kids. Today, you're listening to episode 10, and I'm talking with Karis Ferris. Karis is the mother of three. She's a photographer, and she runs her business with her husband, Josh. So we get to hear a little bit about the behind the scenes life of working so closely with your husband. They've recently added six new employees to their business. So a lot of growth happening for 2020 with their business, which is super exciting. In this episode, we also talked to Karis about her walk going through four miscarriages and how she responded to those miscarriages and felt a little bit differently than what you might think most women feel when they walk through a miscarriage. I think it's so important to hear different perspectives and different ways that people deal with this sort of loss. And Karis has a really positive way that she thinks about things, and I hope that that's an encouragement to you. One of my favorite things we talk about in this episode is getting help when you need help. If you need help with childcare or it's time to hire someone new in your business, stop trying to do it all yourself because when you free up that time and space in your life, you can likely do a lot more and meet more of your goals. All right, if you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. That would be a huge help in growing this show. Okay, enjoy my conversation with Karis Ferris. Well, today on the podcast, I am super excited to welcome Karis Ferris to the show. Welcome to the show, Karis. Hi, thank you for having me. How's your day going? I saw, I heard that you had a little one home today, and it's just so 2020 to be <laughs> thrown into whatever comes your way. Yes. Yeah. We do have a little one home, uh, our two year old for the next two weeks. Um, they had a COVID case at his school and so they shut the whole thing down for, for the next two weeks. So we're, you know, on a little little bit of a tailspin, just trying to, you know, get this next two weeks scheduled out and planned out, you know, with all the other things that we had already scheduled, um, to do. So this will be a fun ride. Yeah. You know, for the past eight years, I feel like I've been juggling kind of like work from home, mom life, half stay at home, half kids in in childcare. And more than anything else in 2020, I feel like I've connected with so many other parents who have tried to juggle working while being home with their kids this past year. Yeah, absolutely. It has, it has definitely been an interesting experience to say the very least um, of just navigating just this new time. And like, nobody knows how to figure it out except for, you know, stay at home moms who are already doing it anyway. Um, they're yeah. like, no, we've been doing this. Um, but, <laughs> you know, but it's just been, it's been really, I would say for me, it's been really cool. Like just seeing how everybody figures it out for their own families and like what that looks like for them. I personally was homeschooled um, from the sixth grade to the 12th. Wow. And so my mom, you know, she wasn't doing Zoom calls. She was creating lesson plans. I mean, she was like full on teacher mode (laughs) of creating lesson plans, you know, making sure that I had the right curriculum. She was teaching me a lot of things. Um, I did a few co-ops as well. But um, so I kind of had that homeschool experience growing up. And so it's been interesting just seeing like now how people who are normally in school have to evolve to do, um, you know, a version of homeschool. Um, and so I don't know, it's just been fun for me to watch all of my friends and, and people that I know online, you know, figure out what it looks like for them. Well, and you had a baby amidst all of this. So you have three kids. Isn't your youngest only two months old? She is two months. Yes, that is correct. How are you feeling? Um, I feel great. Yeah? 
I, yeah, I think I probably took maybe, you know, two weeks where I was kind of at home in bed, Uh um, and like really trying not to, you know, have, or just trying to have a bed rest. Uh Um, but I know like the day after I had her, I was on the phone with our employees, like making sure things got done. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I, I, I kind of ride the fence between like trying to have, you know, a nice, you know, newborn time and also like getting on the phone and be like, Hey, what's happening today? Today. Where are we at? <laughs> um, so it's you know I kind of ride the fence. You know I think there's like different kinds of people, right? And there's this I don't know. I always hesitate saying the word balance, but I use it in my own yeah. life. So I think that like if you're the type of person that feels good about that and like it's gonna make you feel better, right? To make those calls and still be kind of mm-hmm. checking some things off, go for it. If you're the kind of person that needs like two weeks to just totally check off email and do none of that go for that right yeah yeah absolutely I think it's 100,000% to each his own you know I think there are times like I can look back and say you know I probably should have rested a little bit more like you know maybe in that scenario I didn't have to call in or have to do that Um, but I think majoritively the place that I was in when I had her um, I think we had just hired on um, our fourth employee and so we were kind of in the middle of training him. Um, and so it just was like, you know, I want to be working. My desire is to, you know, kind of bring this new person in. And so I think for me, it was a really easy decision at the time to just kind of work lightly from home um, when I was awake, but I still made sure that like I slept when she slept. And if I was tired, I took a nap. And so it was a very, you know, kind of flowy way for me to work my way back in. What an exciting time for you guys in your business, hiring your fourth employee that I want to dive into that. That's so exciting. Yeah. So we're at six now. Six <laughs> so that's employees wild. on top yeah. of you and your husband? Yes. Wow. So we have four full-time part-time. Um, and it is wild because literally last year at this time, we I think we were thinking about hiring our first full-time employee. Um, and so we hired our first full-time employee in 2019, and she was literally working at our kitchen table every day. Uh-huh. Um, and so that was nuts, just having someone, you know, work from your kitchen table from nine to five every day. Um, and so um, she she left us in, I think, March of this year, and I took that time to, like, extremely um, def- def- I'm sorry, extremely better define our manuals and our processes and our systems. And I took about like two months to do that. Um, And then we hired on our, you know, our new first time, uh, excuse me, our new full-time employee um, in June or July. And so since June or July, we now have six. (laughs) So, So, wow. Yeah, it has been like rapid growth. And it's just, you know, the growth was there, but we, you know, really realized we needed us, you know, more support, um, to, to hold all of the growth and to continue to grow. And so it has been really just God is good, honestly. I mean, that's the only thing that I can say, (laughs) say about this whole experience. Um, it's just God is good. And he just provided us the work to be able to provide for others and employing them. And it has been an awesome, crazy ride. Wow. And I'm so, I'm so intrigued by this, especially in 2020 and your business, your, you guys have a photography business. I'm so intrigued by how that growth happened during this kind of crazy year where a lot of people slowed down. But before we go there, I want to kind of introduce you, your husband, your kids to the listeners. I know you and your husband are in business together and that is, it's, it's a dream for me to live that life. But I also realize it's got to be really challenging at the same time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it, is. <laughs> it is. I mean, I could go into that. Would you like me to go into that? <laughs> well, first, yes, let's go into that. But how'd you guys meet? I know okay. you've been together for a very long time and you were kind of like young love in college, right? Yeah. 
Yes, that is correct. So we met um, in 2010 at Baylor University. And when we met, um, we just were in the same friend group. So we were friends. Um, You know, we really, I was dating someone at the time and so was he. And so we just kind of hung out mutually in our mutual friend group. And it really didn't, you know, pop off until 2012 um, when we were both, you know, single. Um, You know, the details of the story is that I was really great friends with his roommate, his roommate and I worked together and we had a deal that whenever his roommate wanted a home cooked meal, I would cook and he would pay for the food. And so I had been over, you know, multiple times, um, to like cook food and so I could get a free meal and he could get a home cooked meal. Um, and Josh, my husband was never there. He was never there. And, um, one time he was there when I was cooking and, um, his roommate left cause he said he was going to go uh, pick up a girl and come back. And his roommate never came back. His roommate was also my ride home and neither Josh or I had a car. And we just stayed up talking that entire night. Um, just, you know, one of those times like where you really connect with someone and the conversation just never ends. And that was that. And then in the morning he kissed me and we've been together ever since. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Were you like 19? I was 20. I was 20. And you guys are so cute. You're Thank you. (laughs) You're the most like stylish, cute family ever. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. (laughs) So, okay. So talk all night, first kiss in the morning, never looked back. And then once you got married, you had your first baby like quick. Yes, it was, it was ASAP. Um, (laughs) ASAP (laughs) on accident. We, so I got pregnant seven months in to them, to us being married. And so it was, you know, a total shock. Um, I mean, I mean, I guess not too much of us. No, it was definitely a shock. We were shocked. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, we just like went from there. And then our second, um, I got pregnant with our second when our first was 18 months, um, which was also a surprise. Every single time I get pregnant, let me just say it's a surprise. <laughs> I don't know why, but we're always like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Every single time we're just shocked. Um, but yes. Yeah, so, and then uh, the third one um, we got pregnant with when, and my son was two. He's still two. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now you have three kids. Yes. You've walked through three miscarriages. Four. Mm-hmm. Four. Yeah, I've had four. four. I had three in 2019 and one in between number one and two. Okay. Three in 2019. Yeah. I want to hear you talk about this just a little bit. I, I had two miscarriages before my first child and then I went on to have, have four kids, but I know that in the midst of like miscarrying, I felt like, is this ever going to happen for us? Are we ever going to actually have a baby? And I know your yeah. story is a little bit different because you had one by the time you had your first, you know, miscarriage. But I also, I heard you talk about this so powerfully and I would love to hear you kind of walk through your emotions in that because I know that you didn't grieve the same way a lot of people grieve a miscarriage. And I think that that could bring a lot of comfort to others who might feel the same way you felt. Yeah. And and I kept that inside for a really long time because I felt guilty for not, you know, feeling just the angst and the being so upset and saddened like so many women who have, you know, who go through miscarriage do. And so I kept I kept that inside um, of just having having the miscarriage because I was so embarrassed that I wasn't emotional about it. Um, but my first miscarriage in between the two, like you said, it, it, it was different for me because I had already had one. Um, and I remember just like being distraught that I was pregnant. Like, oh my gosh, I think she was, ooh, she was like nine months at the time um, that I pregnant um, with our, with our second that I miscarried with. Um, and so I was just distraught. I was like, Lord, I'm not ready for this. Like, it was just really difficult. I, I, you know, at the time we were still newly married, um, honestly, yeah. we still like first years of being married. And, you know, I mean, the first years for us were really, really hard and, you know, you throw a baby into the mix. Um, and that is even more difficult. And so I just remember getting pregnant and being just really upset about it. And, um, you know, just sad about how is this going to work and I'm already extended and this is difficult. And, 
Um, and so that being pregnant in itself just drew me closer to the Lord because I was like, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Um, and, Mm -hmm. and then I had the miscarriage and it was relief. Mm -hmm. It was just like, Oh my, Oh my gosh. Like, thank you Lord for, for just kind of giving me more time. And I think that first miscarriage really taught me just to seek the Lord in the hard things. Um, because for me getting pregnant was the hard thing. Um, just, Oh, I'm pregnant again. Like, how am I going to do this? Um, and knowing that I can find solace in him, like through the difficult times. And then, also, like, I just felt his grace so much of the miscarriage itself, which sounds nuts, I mm-hmm. realized, but um, my, my miscarriage was not painful. I've heard, you know, before that time, I'd heard how painful miscarriages were, um, and it was not painful at all. Like, I just remember I, I started bleeding a little bit and then sat on the toilet and texted my midwife, and she was like, yeah, you just had a miscarriage. And I was like, wow, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so just the grace in it not being painful and the grace and, like, the relief that it provided me at that time in my life. Um, and so really, I just think that for any miscarriage that I've had just overall, um, they have all shown me something about God that I needed to know at that time. Um, and they have all, you know, taught me a lesson that I needed to know later, even though obviously, you know, I didn't know why the miscarriages were happening in that moment. I always can look back later and say, wow, that had to happen for X, Y, and Z to happen or for this to change in my life or for me to understand this about God. So, Um, obviously I know that miscarriages can be heartbreaking for so many people. Um, and you know, for a couple that I had last year, it was also, you know, really sad and heartbreaking. Um, but I always, when I'm going through it can understand, wow, I know that this miscarriage or other miscarriages that I've had in the past have taught me so much. So I'm going to look and seek what is the purpose in this instead of just looking at the pain. Mm. Yeah. I think about it sometimes too, in the way that you know, when I had my miscarriages, I, I was really sad and I, I did grieve a lot, but I oftentimes do look at my four boys that I have now. And I think it wouldn't look just like that, this, if that would have, you know, if those pregnancies would have, have stayed with me. And it's so weird to think of how different your life could be or would be in, um, to just look at it how it is now and think this is the way it was supposed to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but you had three in 2019 before you got yeah. pregnant with your um, daughter that you just had. I mean, I imagine after three in a row like that, you yeah, that had was to wild. start wearing on you. That was wild. Yes. Yeah. I will say the first one, I was kind of in the same state um, that I was for the first miscarriage that I ever had. So my first miscarriage in 2019, I was, I felt like I was in the same state as the one that I had mm. in 2015 mm-hmm. or 2015, um, which was, uh, I'm not ready for this. At the time I was like trying to lose weight and I was like mm-hmm. actually doing it. I had lost like 30 pounds and I was like, you know, I had this plan. I was going to lose all this weight and then we were going to get pregnant and I was going to do these things in the business first. And so I was very much on a, like my plan kind of track <laughs> And so when I got pregnant, I was like, oh, this is messing up my plan. And so clearly what that miscarriage taught me is like, it's not my plan. Like I can Mm. make plans, but God orders my steps and that I can't be, you know, shook anytime, you know, a blessing happens because children are a blessing. And I think the way that I acted when I was, you know, kind of shook that, oh, this is outside of what I had planned for myself for this year. um, It was really pitiful. (laughs) Like I was kind of like pouty and like oh I can't believe this when so many women would die to to get yeah. pregnant and so then at the point like where I kind of came full circle I was like oh my gosh I'm actually excited to have a child I had a miscarriage mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that was just such a like com- a full and complete lesson of you are not in control my way you know the Lord saying to me like my way is the best way and yes you make your plans but I order your steps and you can't be shaken when things come along that maybe were outside of what you had, you know, seen for your life. Um, and so that was really what that first one taught me. And then with the second one, um, I I think it was maybe, um, two months later for that second one that I got pregnant again. And mind you, like we, we never actively try to have children. We just don't try to stop it. (laughs) So, so every time, you know, like I said, I'm surprised. Um, so we got, because well, the chances again. there's really only like a week window there where exactly. you're likely exactly. going to get pregnant. Exactly. And like, we kind of do family planning, but like, yeah, yeah, not. yeah, it's, yeah. 
And so the second time that I got pregnant, I was like kind of excited. I was like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. Like, this is great. I'm going to have this baby. And like, you know, because I was still kind of in that mindset from before. And then I had the miscarriage. And I think what at the time we were going on vacation and what I had was like a blighted ovum. And so they told me, Hey, you can expect, um, to, you know, to miscarry. And so I was like, Lord, you know, let me miscarry after this vacation. (laughs) (laughs) I legitimately like prayed for it. I was like, let me enjoy this time with my husband to reconnect. And then like, just let it happen later. And that's exactly what happened. We went on vacation. And then the day after we returned, I started miscarrying. And so it was just a lesson in prayer. And it was a lesson of like God caring about the little things. Um, and that, you know, for him, for me to know that I'm going to miscarry and for me to be able to have a good time with my husband on vacation. Wow. And literally for the day after for me to begin miscarrying to me, that was like, oh, the Lord cares about the small things too, um, in my life. And so, you know, that miscarriage taught me more as well. But the miscarriage I think because I'd had a child before um you know even though I had you know had one in in between um the two or had had two children at that point excuse me um but even though I had had a miscarriage you know between the first and I had kind of gone through those two miscarriages I never doubted my ability to have children um because I'd already had two and the third you know kind of having that miscarriage it like freaked me out Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I like, can I not have any more children? Like, what is wrong with my body? Am I able to do this? What is going on? And so at that point, I discovered and read um, Child, uh, what is it called? Oh, goodness. I'll, I'll find the name of it. Um, but it's by Jackie Mize. I do remember that. Um, but it's basically about childbirth and praying for your child before they arrive. Um, and, you know, oh, supernatural childbirth. That's okay. what it's called. Um, And then also like the birth itself um, and praying through that and, you know, asking what God's will is for women in childbearing and in conceiving and all of that. And so after the third miscarriage, I like just went on this whole prayer journey of, you know, praying very specifically and praying intentionally and praying, you know, before conception and during, you know, during the the pregnancy period and and praying for uh, the birth itself. And so Really, I think the third miscarriage taught me that I am not owed children. Children are a blessing. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, oh, I get pregnant and I can have babies. And I think I had a lot of pride in that, that Mm -hmm. I have pretty easy pregnancies and that, you know, my deliveries, um, although, you know, the first one was long. um, I don't I don't know. I don't have any like ill feelings towards my deliveries in the way that some women do. And so I just think I had a little bit of pride about the fact that I, you know, about my pregnancies. Um, and so sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just had some pride about my pregnancies and, um, God just kind of shook that down with that third miscarriage. And so in addition to me realizing, okay, you know, babies are a blessing. I am not owed this. I do not deserve a baby. You know, this is a gift. It taught me a lot about prayer. Um, and then literally as I was going to the doctor to just make sure that everything with my body was okay. And they were saying, you know, don't get pregnant. Um, you know, on the last appointment that I was supposed to be getting tested at, you know, just for the last, you know, few things I found out I was pregnant again. (laughs) And so that was Josie. Um, and she's here today. So I don't know if y'all can hear her nursing in the background, but, um, the tiniest bit. (laughs) She is currently with me, but, um, yeah, so I will say like, I cannot look back and think negatively on any of my miscarriages because they all were so vital um, in teaching me lessons that are eternal and not just for, um, you know, or that matter, you know, in an eternal sense. And the pain that, you know, I experience in the moment is like that. I mean, it literally is like a snap of the fingers um, in the in the grand scheme of just our lives in heaven and um, what our eternity you know, will look like. And so I'm so grateful um, for each one and for what it taught me. So, yeah, you mentioned your faith a lot. You grew yeah. up in a Christian home. Is your dad a pastor? So my grandfather's a pastor, okay. um, but I just grew up um, in a in a single. I don't know why my my words are escaping me. Uh, pregnancy brain still <laughs> after the pregnancy eight weeks Uh, yep yep 
Man. Um, anyway, but yes, my, I grew up in a single parent home um, with my mom. And so my grandfather was really like my dad um, for the first you know, 10 years of my life before my mom married um, my stepdad. And so, yes, my grandfather is a pastor to answer your question. Wow. Your mom was not only a single mom, but she was also at home homeschooling you guys. <laughs> Yes. So (laughs) it was wild. So, um, yeah, she was a single mom to me until I was 10. And then uh, shortly after she got married is when she pulled me out of school to homeschool me. And so she says is that she pulled me out of school to fix me and then she was going to put me back and that I just didn't want to go back and she enjoyed the homeschooling process and so she homeschooled me and then when my three brothers came along they were homeschooled from you know the very get-go until now my oldest little brother is about to graduate high school wow so you're 10 years older than your three little brothers Yes, I am. So my I'm 28 and my oldest little brother is 17. Um, so whatever that math is. <laughs> wow, that's wild. You probably feel a sense of like, like that you kind of helped raise them a little bit. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah, your mom had a little ba- little helper on, on hand there. She did. I was and I was happy to do it. I was happy to do it. So, yeah, I truly do feel like I'm, you know, their sister, but a little bit like mom as well. Yeah. And I mentioned to my husband when I was prepping for this, I was like, yeah, they went to Baylor and they met at Baylor. Like I was just telling him about you and your family. I oftentimes do that before an interview. And I was like, yeah, that's a Christian school. And he was like, what? Baylor's a Christian school? I'm like, how do you not know that? Yeah, very, very Christian. (laughs) I'm like, I was shocked that he didn't. I felt like that was common knowledge. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I thought it was, too, but maybe not. I mean, I remember when I first went to Baylor, like, you have to sign a contract. (laughs) Wow. Um, You know, so, yeah, I would say they're definitely a Christian school. Yeah. So, okay, I'm curious about this, the business side of things, too, in your life. And and let's dive into that a little bit. Being a mom, running a business, I, I feel very much in my own life like I struggled for a really long time, um, living this, like I'm a stay at home mom, but then I started my own, my own business. And then I was like part-time stay at home mom, also trying to work, trying to always work when people were napping. And honestly, like this is the first year of my life that I have everybody in childcare or school. And I'm, I always thought like I didn't have mom guilt, but now that everybody is gone and I do have all that time, I think Mm -hmm. I had this like pride in doing it all. I had this pride in like, yeah, "Yeah, I'm home (laughs) with my kids, but I also work. And now that I've (laughs) surrendered and been like, I need help if I want to grow, I do Mm -hmm. have a sense of guilt. So talk about that in your own life, how you've navigated that starting your business, which is growing so successfully with your husband. Yeah. So I will say, though, from the very beginning, we have always had help. Um, We have always had help on the home front. Um, So, for example, when my daughter was six months, my first daughter, uh, Ellie, when she was six months, um, I remember, you know, I was sitting there editing photos with her like on the table, Mm -hmm. on the desk with me. And like, like you said, you know, trying to build a business, being mom at the same time, taking pride in that. And then it just got to the point where, I feel like you cannot hold everything at once. So yeah, I had the kids and the business, but like my house was a mess and Josh would look at me and say, Hey, what's for dinner? And I'd be like, "Uh, I don't know what you tell me, you know? So there were other things falling off, you know, with on the home front. And so it just got to a point where I told Josh, I was like, I need help. Like I cannot do this all alone. And I will say, you know, backstory for me, um, is that, my mom always had help. Mm. So she had me and I was super helpful with my brothers and super helpful, you know, around the house doing cleanup. But in addition to me, she always had a mommy's helper and that mommy's helper would come like three times a week and do laundry and hold the baby so that she could go run errands or, um, you know, do little projects for her. And so growing up, I had seen it. You can't do it without help. Mm. (laughs) So that was my first step was I know that people who do it all have help. And I'm kind of, you know, growing into this phase where I'm doing it all. And so when Ellie was six months, I said, I need some help. And it took my husband a second, like to to, Mm -hmm. to, like get used to that idea, because his mom was, you know, 
worked a nine to five, came home, made sure everybody's clothes were ironed for the next day of school, had dinner on the table by, you know, a certain time. So he had seen her do it all and worked very, very hard, you know, at that and making sure that her family was taken care of while also, you know, being in an office all day. And so Joshua was like, well, my mom did it. And I was like, yes, but I, you know, I'm not your mom (laughs) and I need some help. And so we got help. Um, And what that looked like in the beginning for us was having someone to come three times a week and hold Ellie and do some laundry and meal prep. Um, And now what that looks like um, is we have someone who comes every single day. She picks up the kids from school. She does bath time routine. um, And, you know, sometimes um, she may stay like really late at night and get them into bed if necessary. Um, And that happens, you know, on occasion. But really, that's so that when I'm with the kids, I am full on, you know, not necessarily having to do the little things every day, but I'm able to really connect with them and do the stuff, you know, that matters in the sense of, you know, their emotional stability and their, um, you know, knowing that I'm here. Um, and when they were home during quarantine, she was there every day, all day. Um, so kind of like from nine to five so that Josh and I could still get things done. Um, and that was so helpful for us. And so I will say, like I said, we have always had help. And I will be the first one to tell you that I do not do it all, that I have help um, so that, you know, I can make a priority um, out of just all the areas of my life. So making sure that the things that need to happen with the business, I'm prioritizing that, um, but that also she's taking care of smaller things like laundry and meal prepping. Um, And, you know, sometimes that's bath time so that when I come home, I can be fully intentional with them by playing games and I don't have to worry about, you know, has, has, have the onions been cut up for dinner dinner yet? Like, have y'all had baths? Like those types of things. How did you, how do you think you arrived at that so young? I mean, you're still only 28 too. I know you guys had started having kids real young, but I feel like that's such a mature outlook at such a young age yeah yeah I just turned 29 on Sunday so I'm birthday 30 but yeah I think I arrived at that because I saw it so early as well I think like I mentioned before because I saw my mom um doing it that seemed normal to me um that seemed like and so when when I had my daughter that seemed like the normal step. Okay, I have a business to run and I have a daughter and I still have to do home things because, you know, even though I'm working, I'm still at home and, you know, I want to make sure these things are done for my husband um so that he doesn't have to worry about it, you know, while he's working. And so it just was the natural next next step because of how I was brought up. Okay, so tell us about the business and how it worked out that you guys work together, you and your husband, Josh. Yeah, yeah. So Josh started the business in college um, when he was he was going to school for mechanical engineering and started a photography business on the side just for extra money. Um, and so that just kind of snowballed. Um, he is really good at whatever he puts his mind to. And so So when he graduated from college, he kind of had a photography business that was already doing weddings and portrait sessions and all of that. And while in college, when we met, I kind of helped him with the creative side of um, photography. So he's really good at the technical. Like if he takes a picture, it will be perfectly Mm. composed be well lit um you know everything will be sharp but like the couple might be staying there like uh what do we do (laughs) (laughs) so I would come in like almost as creative director and like posing and like okay take it from this angle and get this sunburst in the back and kind of the creative thing and after a while I was like okay you're not photographing like what my vision is for this photo (laughs) and so um that's where I kind of came in and started shooting as well and so when he graduated um he kind of you know had prepared for himself a full-time job at NASA as a mechanical engineer. Wow. And so he really didn't have time to continue with the business. And so when I graduated, I was like, well, I'll just take it over then. (laughs) And so we kind of did it, or I did it pretty much full-time right out of college. And he just helped me on the weekends with shooting um, alongside me. And um, then he went full-time in 2016, I believe it was. So he left NASA and went full-time photography in 2016, um, just because it got to the point where he was taking, you know, unpaid days off and they were starting to notice (laughs) (laughs) traveling for photography. And so that's 
um, just was our journey into full time and into, you know, photography and videography um, in the beginning. That's so cool that you were that you took over, you know, what he had started in college and also so cool that he started that in college. That's very ambitious. And I've I've yes. seen you kind of talk about his ambition and how when he gets his mind to something, he's oh, yeah. just all in. What's it like to be married to a dreamer like that? <laughs> it is wild. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, he's a dreamer, but even more so, he's a visionary. Um, and so he doesn't only like just see like what could be. Um, he sees what could be and then he has like a plan to get there. And sometimes, you know, I will say we, we joke that I'm two years behind him. Um, <laughs> because, you know, he like, for example, he had an idea that we would have, you know, just this media company that did more than than weddings and portrait sessions and, you know, did media production for brands and for ministries and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, I remember him talking about that a little while after we had Ellie. So that was five years ago. And I was like, what? Like, what are you talking about? (laughs) I was like, what do you mean a media production company? I was like, we do weddings. I like weddings. I want to stick with weddings. (laughs) And so that was five years ago. And like, now we have six employees and what those six employees do mostly is make sure that our brands and and ministries are all taken care of and they hire out our associate photographers. And so that vision though, he had five years ago and to be, you know, on a two year lag behind that, usually what I am, um, (laughs) is wild. Like I'll say yesterday, he told me like, we're going to franchise this business. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that I don't, I don't even understand like what are the steps to get there and he was like don't worry about it we'll we'll come back to it in two years <laughs> and so um it's wild to answer your question but also because he's such a visionary that means and, and really just it works out with my personality so well is because I'm a what do I need to do today person to get this done mm-hmm. you know to get a task done mm-hmm. and so it works out well because he can see far in the future and I'm like all right but right now we need to do a b and c and right now our employees need to know you know what they're working on tomorrow. And so it really does. We really do work well together um, because we're so different in the way that we approach um, tasks and just a vision as a whole. Yeah. I, I so see that too, because like looking at the big picture can be overwhelming, especially when you're like, well, I have to edit this podcast today, or I have to get these pictures out to the client. Like that (laughs) all sounds great, but like these things have to get done first. Oh, yes. A thousand percent. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm, I'm dying over you walking into a photo shoot and like him having everything technically figured out and you being like, okay, we need to make these people look good now. Uh, (laughs) I am the most awkward person when I get my picture taken. And like, even for this podcast, I had someone come over to do like a bunch of headshots with like different outfits and stuff. And I cannot do the fake laugh thing, but (laughs) you need to do a good fake laugh to get a good picture. It's true. It's true. But something I do a lot is I talk to my clients like through the whole thing. So we're kind of talking and laughing anyway. And then I'll catch them kind of mid laugh at something that we just discussed. Mm -hmm. So I love, I love, love, love the weddings and lifestyle portion of what we do. And that's, you know, pretty much or not pretty much. I am over the weddings and lifestyle portion. And Josh has fully moved on to, um, you know, the businesses, you know, Mm. uh, being a media company for businesses and brands and ministries. So he, he does shoot, you know, certain weddings with me. Um, but mostly he is fully moved on to the corporate and commercial side of our business because I love that. I love that stuff. Hey friends, a quick break to let you know that we are part of the Sandy Boy Productions Network. We have three other shows in our network. I'll have another with Lindsay Hine where I interview runners and we get to hear their stories. The Up and Running podcast with Lauren and Abby. That's a great show where hosts Lauren and Abby cover all of the latest news in elite and professional distance running. And we have the Illuminate podcast and that's a show where... I co-host along with Emma Benner and Kristen Sruer, and we're just bringing you stories of people doing really great, positive, uplifting work in the world. So if you're a runner or you're into hearing about good stories, make sure you add those to your podcast app. Thank you all so much for being here and enjoy the rest of my conversation with Karis Ferris. How do y'all stay married and happy while working together so much? 
I think in the beginning it was so hard, like so hard. I remember we would talk to my grandfather constantly about things that were happening in the, in the business and like how I felt it was, you know, things that were um, also, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say things that would happen in the business that would make me upset would also make me upset in our personal lives as well. So mm-hmm. I feel like, <laughs> you you have this business, but then you get personally hurt about things that have happened in the business uh-huh. realm when you work together. And we would go and talk to my grandfather all the time about those things. And we really just had to work through those kind of beginning few years of us working together because you each kind of want control of certain things. And so you have to figure out, well, who's in charge and who's in charge of what? And it was rough in the beginning. Now, however, it's awesome. I love working with Josh. <laughs> I mean, I love that we're together all the time. Um, we, you know, when we first started dating um I think six months after we kind of got together we were long distance um after that for two years and we were long distance until we uh got married and so us being married was like the first time that we were together and you know in the same city for a long period of time and we just wanted to be together and I think now it's the same like we just really like being together and so yes working together we definitely have our days and I remember you know when we were shooting weddings a few years ago we'd have those like fix your face moments where it's like, okay, we're mad and we're upset at each other. But before we walk into this wedding, you're going to fix your face and you're going to get <laughs> so that nobody knows, you know, that we're fighting right now. Um, but now today I love it. And we've, we've learned how to, you know, make sure that we're respecting one another and, you know, that we're not stepping on each other's toes, but that we're also both being heard. And so it's really beautiful just to be able to work with him every day and to see him every day um, and, and just experience, you know, growth with him, um, you know, on a business corporate level. Yeah. I love the fix your face thing. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's nothing more awkward than, either witnessing a couple that you can tell they're in a fight or being the couple that's in a fight in front of people. Yes. Oh, the worst. (laughs) It's so uncomfortable either way. You're like, what's going on with them? Or you're like, does everyone know we're mad at each other? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Do you feel the pressure to make your own, like your Instagram is really great and your own family pictures are really great. Do you feel the pressure to make them really great considering that's what your profession is? Yeah, I don't feel pressure to make them great. I want to make them great because I want my kids to have beautiful memories of their childhood. Mm. Um, So it's not necessarily pressure as it is like, I just want my family to have beautifully documented, you know, images and, and video of how it was to grow up. And I'm interested to see like how the Lord allows that to play out in the lives of my children. Because as I look back, there were so many things that my mom did intentionally that she didn't realize it would manifest in the way that it did um, today. Or like maybe even things that she did unintentionally that she was like, wow, I can totally see how that, you know, made you who you are today. And so that's just something that I love to do, but I am interested to see how it, you know, forms and molds the lives of my children. Cause I will say my daughter Ellie is like, on point for the camera. Anytime she's <laughs> on camera, she is like, "Hello, yes, I'm Ellie," <laughs> and like perfect smile. Here we go, because um, she, you know, especially when she was growing up, I always had a camera in her face because she was just the chubbiest, cutest thing. Uh. Um, and so, so yeah, I'm interested to see, you know, in all of their lives how that turns out. But to answer your question, it's not pressure. I just love it. Um, I was dying at the video. You put it on your blog, but it's also on your Instagram of when you, I think you like took away her movie or something and she was telling you about how she used to love you a lot and now she loves you a little. (laughs) That is Ellie. (laughs) So cute. She's like, I like, I love daddy more than you now. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I used to love you as much as I love daddy, but not anymore. (laughs) Oh, it was hysterical. Do you print your pictures? I don't, you know, I gave up on doing baby books after my first. And um, now I'm like, my mom printed um, some pictures and put them in this like old photo album for my oldest. And he loves looking at, has like some pictures of me when I was little. And I, I'm such a minimalist in general with our house. At least I try to be, I don't want more things, but now I'm like, I feel like my kids would love to look at little printed books of their baby pictures and whatnot. Do you do that? 
So I don't, but I need to. I will say, though, I have a very, very wonderful uh, organization system for our family photos. Oh, tell me <laughs> I- all about it. Yes. So the goal, though, is so that when I'm when I do have time to kind of print it, that it's all there laid out, like ready to go. Um, But as I take photos, so essentially, I'll see if I can describe this um, vocally, but (laughs) I basically have a folder for the year. So let's say 2020. And then within that folder is each month. So January, February, March, April, May. And then within like, let's say January, I may have separate folders that say like park day and then the images or, um, you know, day at the mall and then the images from that. So that within each month I can see, oh, what were we doing? So that I'm not just like looking at a bunch of pictures within a month and I'm like, okay, trying to figure out the context of it. Um, And then also like I do try to kind of use Instagram Mm -hmm. as a journal, so to speak, so that when when I do go back and make this album, I can have a little bit more context about what was happening, you know, during that point time so when I do go back and and create an album what I would like to do is to have a whole album for the year where it's kind of divided by month um of like what all we did wow now are these (laughs) pictures from your phone or are these like I got my fancy camera out both, both. Yeah. I would say, you know, the, the way that I organize it, um, like by, you know, thing that we did to like park day or mall day or whatever, those pictures are usually from my camera. Um, but then I do have a folder that is specifically for my phone photos. Um, but you know, if you are taking photos with your phone, you can still do the same thing in terms of, you know, categorizing, you know, what was when, um, But then, you know, it just makes it easy on the back end to make sure that you kind of know what everything is if you're putting them into, you know, labeled folders. Um, But then my my plan also when I get these albums made is to is to make like four USBs with the year on it, because I I Mm -hmm. remember going through my grandmother's photos when she passed away. And obviously, like a USB wasn't a thing then, like they literally printed the photos and they put them in the album. Yeah, Um, I, I love those images, but we spent hours and hours hours, like scanning them in so we could have them on a computer. Um, and I want my kids to yes, have the big album, but if they want a photo, I want them to be able to go into a USB and to find images that they want to be able to do, you know, whatever they want with them when they're older. My phone is a hot mess. Oh yeah. Like just so (laughs) many pictures of like retakes and like just million things I've screenshotted. And I feel like I want to hire someone just to go through that. Yes. I mean, you could. True. <laughs> you most certainly could. Or you could just spend like 30 minutes a day. I mean, yeah. you could schedule it in 30 minutes a day to go back through the months in your phone and just clear house, you know? I'm like, delete all the selfies, all the like retakes <laughs> I had to do, the things that didn't work. If there's like, there's like 15 pics of one picture of a kid that, you know, one or two of them you want to keep, like get rid of. You got to trust the person, though, to get rid of the ones you want to get rid of. And oh, my goodness. I also feel like with Instagram stories now, like we're we're doing everything in like little like 15 second, 30 second mm-hmm. clips. And I, I, you know, I don't know if you remember this. I'm quite a bit older than you, but like we had the big video cameras when I was a kid out. And yeah. you would have like yeah. 30, yeah. 40 minutes of footage at once. And I'm like, are we not getting any like bigger um chunks of time recorded you know what I mean yeah I definitely like fell into that trap of like just posting or recording like in insta story and then just saving from there yeah um probably like uh it was probably up until like mid last year that I was doing that and then my grandmother got sick and I had that realization because we were watching home videos I had that same thing like whoa I'm sitting here watching a 40 minute film of somebody carrying around, you know, a big camera that sat on their shoulder uh-huh. because that's what it was. Um, and, and then like recording everything. And I just thought, oh, my kids are going to be so shorted because I have these 15 minute clips of the last like year of their lives. It was probably like a year that I was just doing Insta stories and saving them. Yes. Uh, so at that point, you know, cause my grandmother was diagnosed with cancer and, and I just was like, ugh, you know, this is stupid. Um, and that's when I started turning my phone horizontally mm. and capturing like, the full like long minutes of time yeah and I love it and kind of go back and forth now like if I um know that it's like an event that I want to remember like we did a harvest fest at my church um this past Saturday I turned my phone horizontally and I think I have like 30 minutes of that (laughs) yeah 
Um, and so I think you just choose, choose your moments that you want, you know, captured more fully. And then will you upload that to YouTube or how will you keep that? Yeah. So I save it. So the same way that I say photos is how I say video. So I'll just like put it in whatever photos or whatever the folder is of the photos that I took at that time as well. I'll put the video into that same folder and I have to decide about how I'm going to uh, retain, you know, all of that because I feel like, you know, VHS is, they, they go bad over a long period of time. Right. And mom, she just like had to transfer those all to USB. And so I'm trying to figure out how I want to kind of combine them all. <laughs> and, you know, for my kids to watch later, I'm still figuring that out. When I know, I'll let you know. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. It, the whole system stresses me out. There's so many, so many moments and kids and, and memories to document. And yeah, yeah I, I don't have a great system. Okay. <laughs> Step one, make folders Yes. to store your pictures, everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. Get them off of your phone. Um, talk to us a little bit about stepping out in faith to hire those employees. I have one employee and, you know, even for me, I'm like, ah, you know, like just hiring your first employee can be a little bit stressful because you're like, okay, all of a sudden I'm spending this money. And then also your employees are relying on you for their income. So you have that kind of ownership there as well. Yeah, it is definitely scary. Super duper scary. Um, I will say that I have a cheat system in my husband because he is a planner. Mm. And so, you know, he, we don't make any move without it being carefully thought through and financially feasible. Um, but it is still a risk 100% because you realize that you have all this work that needs to be done and you can't do it on your own. And so you're hoping, you know, there is kind of a, a hope factor in there that it'll all work out. But um, I think what we, what we did is when our, when we, when we couldn't hold all the growth, that's when we knew it was time to hire. Um, or, you know, also when, um, you have your you are you cannot work uh, on your business anymore because you're too business work you're too busy working in your business. Mm -hmm. For example, if I can't if I can't bring in new clients because I'm too busy editing, I need to hire somebody. So <laughs> you true. Know? So true. Do that. I can keep doing that, and I'll stay at the same you know uh, level that I am now, just with the clients that I have and all that. Or I can hire somebody to help me with editing so that I can go in and bring in new people. And I will say that that's really the main reason why we've hired so many people is because we've kind of hit these growth blockades. Um, uh, you know, for Josh, it was, I'm sitting here on email every day, scheduling things, and I'm not actually able to, to build business and to grow and to, you know, get into the marketing side. And so he hired an administrative as assistant for scheduling and for all of that. And then for me, it was, oh my gosh, I'm talking to these brides all day and I'm figuring out their locations and I don't have time to edit and I don't have time to, you know, be on Instagram the way that we need to be. And so we hired a client relations manager um, who could do that. And I, I mean, for every area um, that we've hired somebody, it's because we've we've kind of just superseded what we can do on our own um, without stopping our growth. Yeah. Why do you think 2020 has been such a successful year for you guys in terms of growth? Number one, God is good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, number two, um, well, I'll, I'll say two parts in the God is good. Number one, I have fully seen that when you give God your first, so t tithing, 10% of everything that you make, and when you give him that first, the growth that you will see is astronomical. Um, I mean, and it is biblical. God says that to give to give him our first. And we make it a priority to do that. And God has not let us down yet. Um, we haven't had to lay anybody off. We haven't had to, uh, you know, kind of scale back in any way um, because we always give him our first, um, you know, whatever we receive, he gets the first from that. So I will say, number one, God is good. Um, and then number two, um, oh, um, I think, COVID where for some people it, you know, devastated their business for us because we're specifically in media production. Now people needed a way to get their message mm -hmm. out. And you have to meet online and we produce content. That's what we do. So yes, we do weddings and lifestyle, which is my thing, but Josh does a lot of commercial um, and a lot of ministries and um, brands. And so, you know, what do you do when it's an event and now it has to be online? Well, you need a camera crew mm -hmm. to be 
that. Um, and if you want a Zoom call that looks better than, mm. you know, computer um, camera can be, then you need lighting and you need a camera hooked into your computer. And so we grew a lot in part because of COVID. Um, churches now had to be online. And, um, you know, that definitely contributed so much um, to, yeah, to our growth. Wow. Do you think that having all of that to focus on made the heaviness of COVID lessen? Because you were like so busy. 100%. Yeah. We like, while everyone was like, we're at home, like we're super bored. We were like, I'm so busy. <laughs> I'm not trying to do anything else. Like we were in a total opposite world um, than the vast majority of people that we knew. So it was just a really weird, like we just really kind of clung to each other because nobody at the time understood mm-hmm. um, how big things were or how we could be so busy. Um, and obviously, like, really grateful for that time. Um, and even, I mean, it's still kind of going, honestly. And you were pregnant. And I was pregnant. Yep. I mean, literally the day before I got pregnant, um, we were moving into a bigger office. And or not the day before I got pregnant. The day before I had Josie, mm-hmm. we were moving into a new office. And I was, like, scooting desks and, like, lifting chairs. <laughs> Inducing some labor here. Right. <laughs> Wow. Did you, I know you said you, I knew you had a natural childbirth with your second. Like I watched the video and everything of you in the bathtub is super emotional. Did you do that with your third as well? So with our third, I mean, it was wild. It was so fast. Um, I kind of noticed that I might be in labor around like 7.30 um, that Sunday morning that I had her. And then kind of called, I called my, uh, Josh was out of town. Um, he was in Houston, which was four hours away from where we live. And I called him and I was like, hey, I think you need to get here like now. I think you need to get in the car right this second and drive back to Dallas. And so that was 7.30. And then I called my aunts to come and pick up, you know, our, our two older kids. Um, and then by the time my other aunt got to me to take me I think it was like 9 30 we got to the birthing center um I think maybe it was 10 o'clock and then I had her at 10 45 wow so that's yeah it was really fast it was really really fast so I think um when we got to the birthing center I laid on the bed in a certain position because they wanted her um to 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 be in a certain um, position for the birth. And I laid on the bed for maybe 15 minutes. And then I felt like, okay, I think I have to use the restroom. And so I walked to the restroom, um, sat on the toilet. And I said, you know, I think I need to push. And she was like, I don't think so. Like we checked you, you were at a six. And I just remember sitting there like calm. And I was like, okay. And in my head, I was like, I need to push. And so I'm going to push. Like if it's a baby comes out great. If it's poop, that's fine. You know? (laughs) And so I pushed like one good time and she looked and she's like, that's ahead. We need to go. (laughs) (laughs) She literally like we ran from the bathroom to the tub, like a child's head, like coming out. (laughs) Um, So I got in the tub. I think I maybe pushed three times and she was out. Wow. Um, I will say 1000% that it was a different experience because I was, um, I had read this book called Supernatural Childbirth. Um, and it talks about having a pain-free birth, which sounds absurd when you're reading it. You're like, what the heck? Especially after you've had two children. I'm like, does that exist? What is this? What is, what is that? What is a pain-free childbirth? Like that can't be possible. Um, and so really though, what I was praying for was a fear-free childbirth mm. because I was like, I don't know about this pain-free thing. Um, cause I've done it and it hurts, but I can pray, you know, for the Lord to take away my fear because I remember with my first two, I verbally said, Oh my gosh, I'm so scared. Like when you get to that point of yes. transition, um, and it just hurts so bad and you're so fearful and it, you're just afraid. Um, that's the point, you know, that I've gotten to for, the first two of just me being like, Oh my gosh, I'm terrified. This is so painful. Is it going to work? Am I going to have to, you know, go to the hospital? And so I was praying for a childbirth without fear. And so with that, you know, what that looked like tangibly for me is every time I would feel a contraction, usually like you get scared and you tense up and you're like, Oh my gosh, it's like, you're bracing yourself for the pain. And instead of that, I was like, okay, Lord, like, what do you want me to do through this contraction? Like, how do you want me to lay? You know, do you need me to move Lord? Like, tell me what you want from me (laughs) from this childbirth. Like, I I don't want to have fear. So walk me through it. And, you know, very tangibly, I remember laying there 
and kind of tensing up and praying like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And just, you know, feeling the Holy Spirit say like, relax, like you're tense, relax. Mm -hmm. And I would relax. And I will say, you know, the childbirth itself was intense, but it wasn't painful. It was every, every single contraction had a purpose and I could feel what it was doing because I wasn't tense and scared and like tightened up and trying to fight it. So I remember I was laying there and I felt, you know, the Holy Spirit say, relax. And so I would relax and I would literally like feel her moving down. Like I could feel like the transition of her moving down. And so it was just a really crazy thing. So. Wow. I mean, I had a C-section for my first and then I did three V-backs, but I was all on that epidural train and I don't regret it. And obviously there's no one way to do things, but that sounds so beautiful. Yeah, I think, try. you know, you should at least, I think everybody should at least try a natural childbirth. <laughs> at least once. I mean, I think that the thing about it is too, though, like if you're going to try go into it with like that mental training that you yeah. had because you know you were telling your body like okay you you know like you need to relax or god yeah. was telling you that because yeah. if you don't go into it prepared for any of that you're going to hurt real bad oh yeah it's going to hurt so bad <laughs> i my friend um my friend emily has kind of witnessed her one of our other friends give birth and she always says she does this so naturally like i've never seen anybody walk through contractions and like breathe through it like like she does and so yeah I mean the way you explained it really sounds like what this woman I'm talking about does when she gives birth yeah. where the rest of us are yeah. like oh my god yeah because <laughs> that's you know and I in my experience because I was that person who was saying oh my god you know this hurts so bad make it stop I was that person and okay Okay. I was that person. And what made me not that person was just not having fear about, yeah. you know, being so scared of what's going to happen or how bad it's going to hurt on the next contraction. <laughs> totally. Um, okay. Well, this has been just wonderful and I've loved getting to know your story. Let's wrap up here with some end of the podcast questions. Okay. I know that everybody's super inspired by all that you're doing with your business and I don't know. Maybe we've encouraged some people to, to try that natural childbirth route yeah. too. <laughs> um, Karis, what is one thing professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Um, I think professionally, I would like to shoot more overseas. So obviously, you know, once the, this whole COVID thing has passed, um, I would love to be able to, you know, travel a little bit more and to shoot um, in different places. That's one thing professionally that I would love to do. Um and to be able to bring my kids along. Oh, sorry about that. Um, but yes, um, sorry. Okay. <laughs> kids at home. Um, but yes, I would definitely love to travel more um, professionally. And then personally, I think that I would like to um, experience a little more freedom. And I think that that is also maybe tied into into professional, but my professional and personal life are very married. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think personally, just experiencing more freedom and the freedom that comes with, you know, having um, people here and employees to help us. And so I think, you know, after we kind of um, are able to move further out of, you know, newly having employees, I think I'll be able to just to have more freedom um, in my personal life to, to be with my kids and to do, um, you know, things that for our family more. And I would definitely like to do that. Let me ask you this for the traveling for work. Would you guys bring a babysitter with? 100%. Yes, I love it. <laughs> that or a mother-in-law. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, what's the best, most recent book you've read? Um, so Childbirth and the Glory was, I think, the latest book that I finished. <laughs> I'll say I start a lot of books and then don't finish them. Um, but Childbirth and the Glory was definitely um, the last like book that I read. And I read that like four times because it's not very long. Um, you can read it pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, that's the last book. Ch what's it called? Childbirth in the in the Glory. Actually, no, I'm sorry. That's the CD that I listened to. Uh, Supernatural Childbirth. Oh, that, the book. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you read it four times through like while you were pregnant just to prepare yourself? Um, yes. <laughs> yes. I read it while I was pregnant. I read it before I was pregnant. I will say, you know, if 
if you, um, I would highly suggest reading it even before you get pregnant, because there's so much you can pray about even before you conceive. Um, and, you know, for me, the, the, uh, with my pregnancy with Josie, I had a little anxiety kind of in the middle to end phase. And so um, it really helped me with that. And I would definitely read it, you know, before, read it again, during, and read it again, like right before you're about to give birth. <laughs> Did you listen to music while you were in labor? I listened to a CD called Childbirth in the Glory. That's what I was That's the CD. To. Yes, that's the CD. And it literally was verses and prayer over every single part of childbirth. Um, and it was awesome. Um, I listened to music in times before and I feel like that CD of scripture was just so much more grounding than music could have been um, because it just helped me to make sure I was focused on, um, you know, the Lord's intention through this birth and um, how to get through it and not so much of like hoping that music would calm me down. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Do you have any books you recommend for your kids? You know, I am a person who very much loves the classics. <laughs> so yeah. I love The Giving Tree, Good Night Moon, mm-hmm. The Very Hungry Caterpillar. Like, I'm a very classics person <laughs> when it comes to children's books. They're classic for a reason. Exactly. I agree. <laughs> um, what is your one message to send to our audience today to leave everybody with? Yeah, I mean, my one message would be um, something that I try to live by is just glorifying God in everything that I do and that you do. And so, um, number one, if you're a person who's a Christian and who already knows the Lord, then I would just suggest um, find in everything, um, whether it be your family life, your professional life, your relationship with your husband, in every way, figure out how um, the, the how you can glorify the Lord and in what way you can apply what God is teaching you um, into every piece of your life. And if you're a person who doesn't know the Lord, you know, I'm a creative person and there's no way that I could do what I do if I didn't know um, the person who created me. And so I would say, you know, in, um, like I said, if you're not a believer to look to the person who created you um, to find out what your purpose is in life. I love it. Um, all right, Karis. Well, thank you so much and um, good luck during sure. this quarantine, having your, your kiddo thank home you. and with the business and everything. <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate that. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Thanks, Karis, for sharing your story. You can learn more about Karis. You can find her on Instagram. She is Karis Ferris over there. You can learn more about her photography business over at ferrisphotos.com. And that's Ferris with a P, P P-H-A-R-R-I-S, photos.com. You can find us on Instagram. We are Why Is Everyone Yelling over there. And we also have a great Facebook group. Uh, If you just search Why Is Everyone Yelling in Facebook groups, you'll find us. If you'd like to be added to our email list so these show notes could be emailed directly to you, email Emma at Emma at SandyBoyProductions.com. All right, friends, I appreciate you being here. Have a really great rest of your day, and we'll see you next week.